Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome, friends. Weeks away now. Just just mere weeks away. Almost almost exactly a month of the day until the election. And my oh my. I cannot believe that we are still talking about whether the American people are going to vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. But here we are. It's a crazy world we live in. And there are people who certainly uh, believe fervently, believe in the to, to the core of their being that Donald Trump will ruin the republic. He's been president for four years and it's been pretty darn good, but he'll ruin the country if he gets four more years. That's what they think. And they've spent the last uh, 24, 48 hours now doing everything they can to try to get some lift out of this debate. I, I don't think that it worked for them at all. But their narratives after the first exchange between Trump and Biden on stage tell you a lot about what they're trying to do here. Tells you a lot about what you're going to hear in the weeks ahead. So for one thing, uh, you know, Joe Biden, you know, he's he's trying to tell everybody that he was the bigger man. He was the guy who was being a professional real deal. In reality, Joe Biden called the actual president of the United States a clown, told him to shut up. So and I'm not going to pretend like Trump was, uh, you know, being gentlemanly on that stage. But let's just understand that this is a fight, friends. We are in a dogfight. And the president is taking that approach. So is Biden. But now Biden turns around and says he was mean. Play clip three. What do you have to say to those undecided, persuadable voters who were watching last night and were just completely turned off by politics? I can understand it. It was um, I kind of thought at one point, maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, the president of the United States conducting himself the way he did, um, I think was just a, a national embarrassment. Um, and uh, but look, uh, um, I just hope that the American people, and those undecided voters uh, try to determine what each of us has as an answer for their concerns. And allows us to actually speak. Yes, sir. Notice that when he's not delivering canned lines, I mean, he was just a talking points machine in the debate against Trump. It's very obvious that he was. I could see. Oh, he's go. He's going into now. He's going into his jobs talking points. He's going into his. But the moment that you have to have a normal exchange with this guy, that's when you really see that it's kind of cloudy. You know, the thing and the, you know, but when he's able to stand on stage and recite what the political consultants have told him to, he looks like a guy. Well, he doesn't look like a guy who's about to fall asleep. Let's let's just be honest about that. But he does. He does say things that I think uh, are exactly what you would expect if you were to read the comment section of a MSNBC or CNN.com or something. You'd see just the usual stuff. Trump is terrible. He's a racist. The COVID pandemic and nothing inspiring, nothing encouraging. But on this on this point about Trump being mean, because you're going to see a lot of this now, I have a very different take on this, including that a lot of conservatives out there. I have a different feeling about the why is Trump being so mean or or why was he so rough with Biden? This is another line from Biden on this play one. It was hard for me to believe that a president of the United States would be so viciously classless and do what he did. I, uh, I wasn't trying to look the whole we, we, we knew and he announced and his people announced to all of you major outlets that uh, they were going to try to uh, just attack my family and uh, and to get me angry. And all I kept thinking was I just. Uh, I, this is a ter- I wonder how many people had to take their kids away from the television set when this was going on, just to say, this is not who we are. This is not who we are as a nation. That's all I kept thinking. It's not, it's not who we are. Okay, well, let's talk about who the Democrats, in fact, are. He says that Trump here was so viciously classless, and he was very aggressive on the debate stage, and I wish he had pulled back a little bit, not because I have a problem with him being aggressive with Joe Biden, but because I would have liked to hear 
Biden actually be forced to answer certain things. And of course, Chris Wallace was running interference with him and it was a disgrace. But. okay, classlessness, being mean, being, uh, you know, not a not a fair player in this political drama. That's that's what they allege against Trump. Let's remind ourselves, friends, that the left, the Democrat Party and the mainstream media has for years said that Donald Trump is a traitor to his country based on a fabrication, a Russia collusion lie cooked up by the Hillary Clinton campaign, no less paid for by Hillary Clinton donors run through a foreigner using Russian subsources, spread Russian disinformation into the FBI and all across the media to have a coup against the president of the United States to reverse the results of the election, or rather to undo what was done at the election. And let's also remember that the Democrats were not just planning to politically defeat Trump. They want to, to this day, and have done nothing but try to humiliate him, ruin him, and imprison him. They were trying to find criminal charges of any kind, and they would extend the law in ways that was obvious abuse if they had to, to throw Donald Trump in prison. They wanted to lock up his son, Donald Trump Jr. They wanted to send, again, not for doing anything. What Hillary Clinton did, because people always switch to this, what Hillary Clinton did with those emails, I would have had to, if when I was a CIA officer, if I had done what Hillary did, I 100% would have been forced to take some kind of a a plea deal for criminal action. Maybe I would have avoided substantial jail time. Fine. But I would have had to take a criminal plea on the recklessness of 100 counts of 100 plus counts of classified information mishandled and part of my private server. And remember why she did it, too. That whole system was set up so that Hillary could evade FOIA, so that Hillary wouldn't have Clinton Foundation donors emailing her on her uh, and her secretary of state account saying, hey, I paid Bill a half a million dollars. I expect a meeting, which is, of course, why people pay Bill a half a million dollars for a speech when his wife is the secretary of state. Give me a break. But she really did break the law. That wasn't they weren't trying to come up with some Logan Act violation or the emoluments clause or something. And Hillary actually is a is a criminal. Oh, no. Or, or you can believe that she's just so smart that she turned a thousand dollars into a hundred thousand dollars trading cattle futures when she was in Arkansas because she read about it in the Wall Street Journal, which actually had zero coverage of cattle futures at that time. Or maybe it's because she had connections to the state agriculture board and who was actually running all. But Hillary Clinton's a criminal, folks. OK, she's broken plenty of laws. We all know her husband's a fe- should be a convicted felon for perjury under oath. We all know that, too. But they wanted to lock up Donald Trump's children. They were trying to the Democrats. This is open. You can find this online. They were trying to use state law in New York. Use the district attorney's office here to bring some charge that Donald Trump as president would be unable to pardon them. Right. He couldn't get them out of it. And he they wanted to send Donald Trump Jr., Jared, probably even Ivanka, send him to prison. That's how they play the game. These people, the Democrats, could not be any dirtier in politics at this point. They could not be any more ruthless. They could not be any more underhanded. And they want to lecture Trump on being viciously classless. They have called the president of the United States a traitor, a rapist. Uh, They've said that he is not of sound mind, that he's actually insane. They call him now a white supremacist. They have called him the worst things you can be called in our country with no evidence, with no justification other than orange man bad. They hate him. So whatever they say is justified. And now we're supposed to sit through lectures about decorum. Now we're supposed to pretend that the other side acts in good faith and plays fair. How dumb are we going to be? Look at what Trump has been through. A normal person, a regular person who was put through the kind of pressure he's been under, not just being the president. I'm talking about being a president 
for whom the opposition views the only remedy as ruination and prison. They haven't even been waiting until the election to try to beat him. It was never about that. It was trying to stop him from getting to reelection, meaning getting to the actual running of a reelection campaign and throwing him in prison when he was no longer president. That was the plan all along. They have called the president a traitor, one of the worst things you could possibly be. They've never apologized for this evil smear. Not at all. And they just continue on with it. And they're going to lecture us about how the president deals with Joe Biden, a slimy fraud who says whatever he's got to say to get whatever he's got to get. Joe Biden stands for nothing other than the advancement of Joe Biden. And I really mean that. No, is, is President Trump a narcissist? Does he want the, the grandeur of the? Yeah, ab- absolutely. But Trump also stands for ideas. And I know people could say, oh, well, he's changed from what he was in the past. I don't care. He promotes those ideas with policies in office. He's a change from what was there before. And he'll continue to enact those changes if he has four more years in office. We've all seen what's really gone on with this pandemic, which they use, of course, as a weapon against President Trump, pretending like the rest of the world hasn't had a terrible time with this as well. It's so unfair. It really is when you think about just politically speaking, how they would have had an impossible uphill climb had it not been for the COVID-19 pandemic to convince people that Trump didn't do a great job. The first three years of the Trump presidency were fantastic. Three of the best years I can remember in America. Relative peace, booming economy. Even the New York Times had to correct Joe Biden on saying that Trump inherited a booming economy. False. Some of us remember the Obama economy was the new normal of Less than 2% GDP. The new normal of America's best days are behind it. Sorry, guys. Got to redistribute the wealth. It slows things down, make every, it makes everyone a little, little less well-off, a little less hopeful. But hey, the slogan's hope and change, so what are you going to do? The, the media tried to convince us that America was no longer capable to try to cover for Obama's ineptitude. The guy doesn't understand economics. He doesn't understand how a business runs. Neither does Joe Biden. But to cover up for that and the socialism that was dragging us all down that Obama was instituting, they pretended like America was not capable anymore of above 2% GDP growth, growth, that America was no longer capable of the real optimism that people feel like they have a shot, they have a chance going forward. If they do the right things and if they work hard, they will get ahead. We're not all going to be billionaires, but we can all have a better life if we do the right things. That's the American promise. That's the America we all want to live in. And Trump was delivering on that. And now here we are being told that he doesn't care about the covid pandemic, that he's that he's a racist, that he's a traitor with this Russia thing. These people are insane. Trump is arguing with a mouthpiece for vicious, sadistic lunacy with Joe Biden. That's what he's arguing with. We're supposed to ask him to play nice. Don't throw any hard punches. It's just words, folks, right? Their words, Trump's words. He can sit there and get abused. You know, he can be like a conservative on CNN. You're just there so they can throw food at you in the cage. That's what they do to people who are conservative at CNN. Or he can try to throw down and he threw down. And yeah, does he sometimes miss the mark? Is is he sometimes a little scattered? Absolutely. But how many of you would tell a buddy of yours who was in a bar fight outnumbered five to one? Hey, you know, when you grab that when you grab that stool, I don't know if you really had to go there. That guy only had a a broken glass bottle. Right. I mean, this is what politically speaking, we're in the middle of. It is a street fight. And the other side plays as dirty as they possibly can. They want to lock up Trump's children, for heaven's sakes. And we're we're going to get complaints from the media. Because the disaster, the corrupt disaster that is Hunter Biden came up in the debate. What do we really expect? How can we think Trump is going to beat this monstrosity of the Democrat socialist left if we're always telling him fight with one hand behind your back? If we're always telling him that's not that's not, you know, how William F. Buckley would have done it. Trump ain't Trump ain't Buckley. I don't know what else to say. He's doing it his way. Did we think that this fight was not going to get ugly. 
just wait until you see what they say about ACB. It may not be able to stop her from becoming a Supreme Court justice, but they have no honor whatsoever. We are fighting a, a political opponent that has reached the heights of dishonor already, does not repudiate any of it, and wants to continue down that path. And people are abandoning Trump or, or, or angry with Trump, criticizing Trump because he was fighting fire with fire. Friends, we either understand what this fight really means and what the stakes are and what we have to do, or we don't. And we want the president to succeed in vanquishing this socialist left enemy once again, or we don't. It's a choice that we all get to make, along with our choice of who to vote for. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. But it was maddening to watch the president last night, angry and small, unable to show a scintilla of respect, unable to follow even the most basic rules of human civility or decorum, unwilling to constrain a stream of obvious falsehoods and right-wing bile. Shakespeare summed up in Macbeth Trump's performance last night. A tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Yes, President Trump's debate performance was, in the words of Macbeth, a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Thanks for repeating that hackneyed line that we've all heard a million times, Chuck Schumer. Appreciate that, buddy. I'm just playing that for you so you have a reminder of that's who want to play nice. You, we can get lectures from majority leader Chuck Schumer, because if Trump loses, you're also going to see down ballot carnage. Most likely you, you want to have Chuck Schumer telling you what the future of the United States government's going to be uh, looking like and what we're going to be doing. Chuck and Nancy. These are people that I, I have no respect for as people. Never mind their ideas. They're frauds. They are rich elites pretending to care about the poor and minorities because it advances them. That's it. All rooted in hypocrisy, all rooted in do as I do as I tell you to do, not as I would ever do. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting Shakespearean oratory from Donald Trump in the debate. But I was expecting someone like Chuck Schumer to reach all the way back to freshman year English or something to come up with uh, a, a way of calling the president of the United States an idiot. Do you want a president who calls them idiots back? You want a president who, who pulls a Mitt Romney and curls up into a little ball and cries? Answer that for me. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. Should stop defunding the police like they've done in New York, like they've done in New York. I just told you. I've always denounced any form, any form, any form of any of that. You have to denounce. But I also, Joe Biden has to say something about Antifa. It's not a philosophy. These are people that hit people over the head with baseball bats. He's got to come out and he's got to be strong. And he's got to condemn Antifa. And it's very important that he does it. I condemn white supremacy, the president says in his Trumpian way, but he says it very clearly. You have to denounce it. Of course, you denounce it. You have to denounce any form of white supremacy. Do you think that's going to stop the questions? This is this is the classic media bias at work. Imagine if Joe Biden said if, if he was willing to answer the question about court packing and he gave a very clear, very decisive answer. No, I will not pack the Supreme Court. And then everywhere he went for the next month, journalists were shouting, are you going to break constitutional norms by packing the Supreme Court? You'd say, what's wrong with these journalists? Are, are they are they hard of hearing or something? What's the why? Why don't they they didn't catch what the president said? It's already or rather what Biden said, it's already been made clear. But the point is not getting an answer. The question is an allegation. You all know what this means. You all know what this is like. And that's the whole point. This is the media doing Biden's work for him.
which we all knew was going to happen. We all knew that was the case. And they certainly aren't going to try to promote Joe Biden's record. What is the great thing? This is a little bit like the the aha moment when Hillary Clinton was secretary of state. And one of her uh, spokespersons. Was asked to name, I think it was one of the uh, State Department press secretary people was asked to name one of the accomplishments of Hillary Clinton's time as secretary of state. And it was crickets chirping. I mean, there was nothing. You know, there was just, a, you know, oh, she flew a lot. Oh, you mean the giant private jet, which I've been on that the secretary of state has. It's very nice. Yeah, You mean that she used that a lot at taxpayer expense to go on trips where people threw parties for her and she got to sit in meetings? Gee, we should all be so thankful for her service. But the, the real point was that there was nothing. They had nothing to say. And one of the problems that Joe Biden has and, and would be a big problem if the media was willing to focus on it is that his record is one of just I mean, Joe Biden, in a sense, is the ultimate mediocrity. You know, I mean, he really reminds me of like Bill Paxton's character from True Lies. who's like, you know, hey, man, you know, you know, this is the Corvette. I got a few other interested buyers. You know, that's that's really who Joe Biden is. It's just all kind of BS. And Trump calls him out on this because the media is certainly not going to do it. Play 18. Last night, I did what the corrupt media has refused to do. I held Joe Biden accountable for his 47 years of lies, 47 years of betrayal, and 47 years of failure. I held Joe accountable for shipping your jobs and dreams abroad and for bowing to the violent mob at home. Can you imagine these people, the way they take over these Democrat cities? I don't even believe it. The whole nation saw the truth. Did you see last night? Name one. I said... Sleepy Joe, name one law enforcement group that supports you. And then Chris Wallace says, don't do that. That's not. Can you believe this guy? I was debating two people last night. I mean, he was debating two people. And it, it was the worst performance by a debate moderator I've ever seen. It was even worse than Candy Crowley's. Oh, I'm sure he did say um, he, he said, I'm sorry. Uh, President Obama said it was terrorism. No, it's not actually true. But that's what she said in that Mitt Romney debate. You'll remember uh, this is even worse. I mean, the Chris Wallace debate was even worse. And it just goes to show you, even at that level, you've got a huge institution behind you and you're getting paid millions of dollars and they can have anybody they want do that debate. And they did not choose wisely. So Biden's record is something that we're just going to be. We're not even going to be told to forget about it. They're just not going to bring it up. Because what exactly is it? He was VP for for eight years, completely riding on Obama's coattails. And what was the the big thing that he did? What was the big accomplishment that he had? You know, you'd say, Buck, okay, what about any vice president? Well, I think if you look at Dick Cheney, the problem that we were told was that he was actually running the government. So I don't think anyone would say Dick Cheney didn't do anything when he was vice president under Bush. And you look at Pence right now, he's running the coronavirus task force, one of the biggest Parts of that has been supplies for the different states and institutions that are trying to deal with this pandemic. And the supply chain has been exceptional. There's been no shortages that have not been met. There's been no uh, cupboard is bare. Sorry, you know, with the ventilators, with the PPE, all these things we heard about. No, the coronavirus task force and the Defense Production Act, that's all been used. So if you really look at what Pence's role is on the coronavirus task force. He's done a very he's done a very good job. And that would be one thing. He's only been VP for almost four years now. That would be one thing that you would certainly point to. Uh, but with Biden and, and you're going to continue to see this play out. The whole point is that they just know his name. They know his face and he's there. That's something I've come across in media where there are people who no one really understands what they're good at. Uh, but they put themselves in a good position and they've, you know, clung to someone who is actually talented and made sure they either right before or right after that talent. And after a while, enough people just get used to seeing that guy or gal's face and or voice, you know, hearing their voice. And you're just like, OK, I mean, you know, it's ha- we're all creatures of habit, right? We're all there's a reason why when I'm folding laundry, I'll throw on some show on Netflix that I've seen a 100 times and kind of half watch it in the background because there's a comfort to just. I've already seen this, but I'm going to 
You know, we, we, we like what we're used to. And Joe Biden, for all of his obvious flaws and all the downside, for a lot of people, they're just like, well, you know, he's been around and the guy hasn't he hasn't nuked Switzerland. So, you know, how bad can he really be? You know, Trump, they might say, is a little bit uh, of, a, of a departure from norms, right? He's a little bit aggressive, whatever it is. And so that's the whole pitch here. You either hate Trump, which is 47 percent, 48 percent of people who vote Democrat. I mean, they, and they've actually just been trained to hate him, not to disagree with him, not to view him as someone who can be a little rough around the edges or that they just don't like what he stands for on policy. They they have a personal disdain for him, which is why people on the left think it's totally normal to find out that someone's a Trump supporter and to hate that person, too, because you're supporting a person that they deeply uh, despise a- a- as an individual. It's not even just, oh, well, you, you know, you're a Republican, you support the Republican president. It's you support Trump. I hate Trump. That's their attitude. That's the way that they view all of this. And with Biden, it's, oh, Joe, he's supposed to be inoffensive. He's almost innocuous. You know, he's an old guy. He's up there saying, I'm just we're going to build back better and all this stuff. I mean, we saw the Obama Biden economy was garbage. It was bad compared to what it should have been based on all the metrics, all the numbers. It was a slow, bad recovery. Why? Because Obama and Biden think that taking money from people, other people, of course, they're Obama and Biden are both super rich themselves, of course. But taking money from other people and, and spreading it around via government is just the right thing to do. Remember when Obama said that? It's the right thing to do. So that's what you do, even if it means that people are going to invest less, hire fewer people, spend uh, spend less money you know, on, on long-term investments. That, that's, that's what they want. That's what they think feels right to them. And even if it means everyone is worse off collectively throughout the economy, it's, it's about the moral choice. And remember, socialism is really a, a religious creed without God. I mean, it's, it's all about what the people in charge think feels fair. It, it goes against human nature, which is why socialism ultimately everywhere where it is tried in its totality, it fails miserably. You can have some socialist sectors within a broader, more free market economy, and the free market will prop up enough the socialist entities within it. But if you go full socialist, the whole thing collapses. But we don't even have really this discussion. I mean, is, is Joe Biden is Joe Biden a socialist, folks? This is a question that we should ask. I mean, is he on because the Democratic Party is. Bernie Sanders is. But what is Joe Biden? What, what, what does he really stand for as a politician? And just even the issue of the Green New Deal, for example, uh, it's not clear. I mean, he said that he wasn't for it, but his website says, no, it's built around the Green New Deal. So this is what you're, this is exactly the approach. They want to have it both ways. He is both for and against the Green New Deal, just like with John Kerry. Remember, Mr. Flip Flop, John Kerry? I was for I was for the Iraq war uh, before I was against it. Right. Remember that? This is this is how they play the game. They cannot be straightforward with the American people about what they want to do, because the American people would reject their they would reject their plans. They'd reject their policies. Uh, this, this is why Chuck Schumer says about the Green New Deal and, and Joe Biden the following play 11. We first have to elect a majority. If we don't elect a majority, we won't even be discussing it. But if we do elect a majority, we'll all get together and everything will be on the table. Nothing will be off the table. On climate, um, the bottom line is we are looking already at ways we can get comprehensive climate legislation done. And there are a variety of different ways, and we're exploring all of them. It is one of our highest priorities, and we are going to get something very strong and bold done comprehensive climate legislation that should terrify you just going to be massive giveaways to the government to left-wing advocacy groups it's going to just annoy you for no purpose it's going to be mask mandates times a thousand that's what you're going to see with comprehensive climate legislation if they get it oh if, if you don't 
You know, if you don't recycle, you're a bad person and we have to we have to punish you. You're not allowed to get the car you want anymore. You're going to get the car that we tell you you have to get. Your electricity bills are going to go up. Sorry. Got to have more renewables. Oh, you have less money to pay for essentials like groceries and healthcare. Too bad. The planet's at stake. Get ready for it. This is the left's real religion. I wish the Christians and the other the other believers uh, you know, believers in, in God on the left would wake up because they're just uh, they're a, they're an afterthought. The real God on the left, or rather, the, the real religion is climate change and the real God is Earth. That's that's the truth. It's really a pagan. It's really a pagan belief system. The Democrats adhere to now. I, I just it's very clear. Just break it all down. You see it. Chuck Schumer's got no problem with any of it. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Want to get a word straight from the campaign about what they're planning, how they're feeling, and what's coming up next. And for that, we have Mark Lauder with us now. He is the Director of Strategic Communications for the Trump campaign. Mark, great to have you back. Thanks for having me, Buck. So first, tell me, you know, how, how was your debate night? Where were you? What were your big takeaways as somebody who's doing strategic comms for the campaign? Yeah, I was in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin at a minor league baseball stadium with about 400 people who came out, 50-degree weather to watch it. And you'd have thought a baseball game was going on. There was so much hooting and hollering and cheering, uh, even a few boos. <laughs> uh, but they were excited, and they left that, they left that debate. And, and they were telling me that what we saw in President Trump and his battle with Joe Biden and even with Chris Wallace was the same man they want fighting for their jobs and fighting for America and fighting for our interests first. And what they saw was that fighter. And, I, and they left they left fired up, energized and ready to go to work. What were the top issues? I'm sure this this must have come up in your conversations, either from you asking them or just I, I would assume people would tell you. You know, what do they want to hear more about from the president or what are the areas where going forward do you think the campaign is going to put the greatest focus? Well, I think that you know, most people are, you know, are shocked when they hear the actual record of Joe Biden and his 47 years of failure in Washington, D.C. And the president highlighted that during the debate. And, you know, a lot of people didn't remember that Joe Biden voted for NAFTA, which shipped jobs overseas and was a champion of TPP and a, a cheerleader for China in the World Trade Organization, which cost Americans their jobs. And that's a very blue collar community. And I'm in Iowa right now again blue collar, you know, agriculture, and they know that President Trump is fighting for them. They want to hear more about the president's plans. But they also are, are learning a lot about Joe Biden that they forgot and how he really put their interests, their jobs, their families at risk. Now, Mark, uh, we're speaking to Mark Lauder, director of strategic communications for the Trump campaign. Mark, the constant asking of the same question. I, I've been telling the audience today on the show, it's very clear to me why this is done right it's very clear to me that this is meant to be you know when did you stop beating your wife essentially but you know you, you do strategic communications is there a point at which you know what, what can be done to counter the will you denounce white supremacist question when the president has now answered this so many times and denounced so many times that you have to wonder what the heck is wrong with the journalist asking the question yeah, you wonder if the, the mainstream media and the liberals will ever take yes for the answer, because he keeps saying it over and over again. I remember this question in the 2016 campaign, and he denounced it. I remember it in the White House, and he denounced it, and he denounced it again. And yet they just won't take yes for an answer. Uh, and so it's just their way of trying to create this fake distraction, because they know that Joe Biden's campaign is imploding. They know that he, he showed America— uh, on that debate stage, he couldn't condemn Antifa. It's not an idea that was rioting, looting, and, and arson in our major cities. It was a group of that is organized in terror that was doing those things. And Joe Biden can't even condemn that. And so what we see is that they'll just continue to focus on whatever they want to focus on, trying to help Joe Biden. Uh, but it's really a disservice to the American people. Can you give us some sense of, of what, you, what the campaign how the campaign is going to respond to this new debate format. And and is there you know, tell me what you think about that. And also, is it a serious possibility that the Biden camp may pull out of one or both of the next debates in your mind? 
Well, you never know when it comes to their, to, to their plans. I mean, obviously, they do not, they've done everything possible to try to hide and shield Joe Biden from the American people. And you've already, before the first debate, had a lot of Democrat leaders saying he shouldn't debate at all because they were worried about, you know, about Joe Biden continuing to look bad on a national stage. But, it, I mean, as our campaign has said, I mean, this is just another example of the mainstream media, the liberals in Washington, D.C., the swamp, changing the rules whenever their candidate – you know, gets pasted like he did by by Donald Trump. And so here we go again. They're going to try to change the debate rules in midstream just because their preferred candidate did badly. Is that a negotiation? How does that work with this commission on debates? They go to both the campaigns. I mean, just just give us a little bit of a, of a peek behind the curtain with that. I mean, can you guys say, no, we're we're not going to have mics cut off by I, I don't know the next debate moderator. Has he has he already been picked? Who is it? Because whoever it is, I'm probably not going to trust the person. Well, I forget the name, but they've already been named. Uh, and I do know that uh, Susan Page from USA Today will be actually deba- moderating the vice presidential debate on Wednesday. But there's ongoing discussions with the campaigns on this, as you saw in the run up to uh, to Tuesday's ca- uh, debate. You know, we were obviously asking, could would Joe Biden at least let us look to make sure he's not wearing an earpiece? So we know that he's not getting fed the answers or fed one liners from the uh, from uh, from his team backstage. They refused that. They had asked for multiple breaks during a 90 minute debate, something that we had refused. So there's always those on uh, ongoing discussions. I'm not going to get involved, obviously, in what currently is being done, because I'm actually on the road here with the vice president uh, in Iowa and not in Washington, D.C., uh, next to where all those discussions are happening. Speaking of Mark Lauder, director of strategic communications, for the Trump campaign, uh, you mentioned the VP. You're on the road with them now. Give us a look ahead to what the what the VP is going to be doing to make his his case for the administration across the country and what the American people will be seeing, at least those of us who care about what the Trump campaign is doing uh, for the next week or two. Well, you, you know, we're going to keep on the road, and it's not just uh, here, like in Iowa today, with the vice president, where he'll he'll not only be talking to the people of Iowa, but there is a a key congressional district in uh, in Nebraska, which is obviously right next door, that also is important to us retaking control of the House of Representatives. But it's also important in the Electoral College because of the way Nebraska is one of those unique states. There's only two that actually awards their uh, Electoral College votes a little differently than everyone else. So that's it's a very important stop. Here. You're going to continue to see the president out on the road. I mean, and we also have bus tours. I'm getting ready to get on one across the, the state of Iowa for three days myself. You're going to see not only the president, the vice president, the key campaign officials, the president's children out there in those battleground states. And you know, Joe Biden might call them. He called a breakfast lid. You know, apparently a little after 11 o'clock today. It's like we're going to be out there working full time. Nobody can keep up with President Trump, but we're going to do our best to try. You're a professional. You work in this area. I just got to ask this calling of lids by the Biden campaign. uh, How unusual is this and what the heck is going on? Well, you really have to ask yourself. I mean, obviously, it's clear what their strategy is. They just don't want to make any news. I mean, that's why you get Joe Biden out there not even answering a question from Chris Wallace about what he thinks about packing the court. And it's interesting that he says it's a distraction created by President Trump. No, it's a distraction created by his party. It was his party's leaders who are talking about nothing being off the table, eliminating the filibuster, eliminating the Electoral College, packing the Supreme Court. I mean, just like what we're seeing going on with these debates, they're just willing to change the rules whenever they don't get the outcome that they like they're like children you know they don't like it they'll take their ball and go home and so we're not going to fall for that we're going to continue asking those questions we're going to continue getting out there talking to the people there's hundreds upon hundreds of people that come out thousands for the president and for the vice president but even with our bus tours we're getting hundreds of people we're out there knocking on doors reaching voters directly where they live. And there is such energy to elect this president. Uh, you know, it, it, things are looking very good for us and continuing to improve. Base turnout or independence? What do you think when all said and done is going to be the the uh, defining category for who wins this election? Well, I think it's all of the above. Uh, I mean, obviously, we want to make sure that we get everybody out from uh, that supports this president, loves this country and make sure they get out their vote and make sure it gets counted. Uh, you know, independents, they, they're going to make their decision. And typically they make their decision late in the process. We're going to continue fighting for them as well, because the choice here is stark. I mean, we are a recovering economy from the pandemic and we've still got a ways to go, but we are 
on the road ahead of where we should have been. And yet Joe Biden is talking out there about putting four trillion dollars in taxes on the economy and taking away, uh, you know, uh, adding a bunch of new regulations. That's not the way to keep the economy growing. That's going to put it back into a tailspin. And so I think a lot of people out there notice that they know that Joe Biden has said he wants to shut it all down again. That's not what America wants. They want to get back out there to work. They want to get back out there to school. And they know that President Trump's the only one who's doing it. Yeah, I hope everybody remembers one area where Joe Biden does have considerable expertise is in weak economic recoveries. <laughs> so he's, he's got some ability on that one. Mark Lotta, everybody, director of strategic uh, communications for the Trump campaign. Mark, good luck out there. Give the vice president my best. And thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, Buck. Good to talk to you again. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Good heavens. Mika over at Morning Joe's just, oh, she's so upset over how terrible, how terrible Trump is. And all of those awful people who like Trump play 20. Uh, how could you watch that and want more of that if you're still thinking about who to vote for? Well, and listen, there's an entire network that is covering this debate as if it was a proud moment for the president. And this situation has gone too far with a bunch of lobotomized hosts and anchors who are just waiting for his phone call. And it's pathetic. Here is the moment when you think about that. And if you think you want to debate that, here is the moment where the president of the United States refused to denounce white supremacist groups. Oh, my gosh, we have to do this again. And, you know, I, I told you. I told you many months ago, they're going to recycle everything from 2016 as if we have not learned anything new, as if we have not already been through this, have not debunked some of their claims. We're going to go through all of it again. And we are, you see, Russia collusion, Russian interference in the election. Trump is a white supremacist. Oh, you're going to hear something about the 25th Amendment. Just give it a give it a week or two. You're going to hear something about Trump. Grab them by the P word. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's expected. But we should understand every time that we're we're now having to talk about this and play defense, we should say this is all a plan that they're executing on. None of this is accidental. None of this is meant to be. Oh, and Trump's taxes, of course, coming out right before the debate. Coordinated with the media, coordinated hit. Obviously a coordinated hit. So now you have Mika saying that Trump refuses to denounce white supremacists. Um, That's a lie. So, so does it matter that it's a lie? I'm just wondering. Does it matter to anybody? Trump has. You can find it. There's plenty. It's on the record. He, he denounced white supremacists at that press conference after Charlottesville. He has denounced white supremacists many times since then. He said, of course, I will on stage. Just just name them like. But but Trump's point, which anyone who's being honest can see is why are we even talking about white supremacists? Biden voters. Biden base voters have been terrorizing this country for months like a bunch of little lunatics have been running around, lighting people's businesses on fire, looting stores, throwing rocks and bottles full of urine and bags of feces at police officers, shining lasers in their eyes to try to blind them, perhaps permanently. And yes, BLM supporting Democrats have murdered cops. And we're talking about white supremacists. Where, where are these white supremacists that they're where, what are these white supremacists rally? Where is this happening? Oh, they, they we'll, we'll get into this some more. They bring up the Proud Boys. I believe the the national head of the Proud Boys is a minority. And and he is on video in other CNN interviews denouncing uh, denouncing white supremacy, saying we absolutely denounce white supremacy. So the media, it seems, is, you know, they're they're lying about this group. Not that I have any care or connection for this group. Honestly, I think that unfortunately they've played into the left's hands here by creating this opportunity for them to pretend like this. It's almost like a like one of these. 
soccer support uh, support clubs in Europe where they all drink together and like, you know, they'll get into some bar fights and they don't like Antifa. That's from what I've seen. Again, it's it's a it's a loosely affiliated. It is it is an organization. There is a, there is some loose affiliation, but isn't it fascinating? You know, you have to spend all your time denouncing the Proud Boys and Biden can get away with not saying a, a nasty word about Antifa. It's just an idea, guys. Just an idea. And they're actually a threat to you. What is what is more likely, America, that your business or your home is going to be mobbed, burned down, and perhaps you and your family violently attacked by the Proud Boys or Antifa? By the Proud Boys or BLM, Black Lives Matter? What's more likely? I know of not a single instance of the Proud Boys looting a store, burning down a building. And now, again, I'm, I'm not saying that their agenda, I don't even really know what their agenda is. I'm just saying, why are we talking about them? The whole national media has been fixated this, fixated on this. And and all the dumbest people in the media, of course, just repeat the, you know, repeat the talk. But joint pay, 14. Here you go. Just can I just say one right. thing? So, of course, he doesn't denounce white supremacy, Sonny, because he is a white supremacist. Americans have to decide whether they want a white supremacist in the White House. We've never had it before. Maybe we didn't know we had it, but we certainly know we have it now. Yeah. And that is and, the decision on November yeah. 3rd that must be made. A white supremacist. How, how is he a white supremacist? Exactly. They never get to this. They say, well, well, he didn't denounce. He won't denounce. This is the game that they play. It's all so stupid and unseemly. You know, this is the ultimate why, why uh, or when did you stop beating your wife question? And they ask you that a hundred times, right? Imagine you're in a debate and the moderator kept saying, well, hold on a second. When did you stop beating your wife? And you say, oh, I've never beaten my wife. And that's a horrible question. Five minutes later, can you tell everybody for the record, just can you denounce wife beating for us, please? Yeah, den- I denounce wife beating. But you see, it's all meant to be insinuation and attack. That's what it is. Denounce it. Trump has denounced it. Why are Republicans always being told they have to denounce white supremacy? Every election this comes up, denounce white supremacy. You're like not going to be able to rent a home, get a job or be safe in public if you're an actual white supremacist. But we're going to pretend that this is some big problem across the country. We're going to pretend like this is an ideology that has widespread support and that we have to be so worried about. But, you know, the left, the left believes in this fantasy. I mean, they're really out of their minds. They think that after months of cities being terrorized by Democrat Black Lives Matter supporters, that has been happening. That happened in my neighborhood. It wasn't the Proud Boys breaking windows, looting stores in my neighborhood, okay? I'm just living in reality here, folks. It was BLM. It was Antifa. And yet we're told the real the real threat is the Proud Boys, and that the president hasn't done enough, uh, hasn't done enough to denounce. I, I give credit, you know, we had Hogan Gidley on the show earlier. By the way, it'll never be enough. He can never denounce them enough. They, they just want to keep, that becomes their evidence for, for the accusation, right? If, if you called somebody a, a, uh, a child molester, right? If you made that allegation against somebody, and you had no evidence for it, which would be a horrendous thing to do. But this is what the Democrats call media and politics. If you called someone a child molester, which is you know, really the worst thing that there could possibly be, and you have no evidence for it, uh, you could always just keep saying, well, that person hasn't. I mean, they ha- he hasn't denounced being a child molester enough. He hasn't denounced child molestation enough, hasn't denounced it. And notice how that that then it, it dirties you up, right? You're, you haven't denounced it enough. What the heck does it have to do with with the person being accused? Right. We haven't denounced it enough. It's all slime. It smears. It's the it's the trick of the propagandist. That's what they're doing with all of this. This is what this is all they know. They don't know how to be honest and truthful and brave and courageous and decent and kind. And the left wing media, that's all laughable to them. They have no God other than the paychecks they receive from their corporate institutions 
and whatever opinion among left-wing Twitter is at any point in time. That, that's what really matters to them. Uh, Hogan Gidley, fortunately, is not going to just sit around and take this stuff. Here he is talking uh, to Berman over at CNN, one of uh, Zucker's many puppet anchors over there. Here he is on the history of Joe Biden when it comes to race. Play two. He said, sure, he said, sure, three times. He has done it in the past multiple times. I don't know how many ways you want him to say it and how many times you want him to say it. Do you have any idea, John, what an exalted cyclops of the KKK is? Because Joe Biden sure does. He spoke at a funeral for one and praised him profusely. Any idea who George Wallace is? Joe Biden sure does. Yeah. He thanks so, the person so, who so gave listen. him the award so for listen, George Hogan. Wallace's so name. Listen, any Hogan. idea what a racial so, jungle is? So listen, it's what Hogan. Joe Biden doesn't I, you know, want his kids Hogan, to grow up Hogan, in. Hogan, Joe Biden's record Hogan, on race is Hogan, absolutely disgusting. Hogan, Joe Biden, Donald Joe Trump Biden was opening defend, up his properties Biden, to African-Americans and Jewish people while you were still in local television Joe news, John. You know, one thing, Hogan, is, this one thing, Hogan, president Hogan, has a record of respect Hogan, and Hogan, understanding Hogan, these groups Hogan, like nobody Hogan, else. I'm Hogan, sorry, I'm not going to sit here Hogan, and let you call the president Joe Biden of the United can States defend a racist when he is the only one. Joe Biden can defend his own record. Yes, and I'm going to tell you that record, which CNN refuses to Notice what CNN does here. They, they know that, you know, Berman knows he's getting steamrolled. So he just he, he engages in intentional crosstalk to, to muddy up the message. Wait, what? What? Hogan, 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 Hogan. The guy's talking. He's your guest. You're on TV. Shut up. He knows. Otherwise, he's going to get a call from Zucker's office. Hey, you can't let that Trump campaign press secretary roll you like that. Not on our air. This is team Biden land, folks. This is it's it's Biden country over at CNN. We all know that <laughs> that couldn't be more, any more obvious. But Joe Biden's history with all these issues is uh, quickly forgotten. His vice president basically called him a racist. I mean, maybe not quite a full on racist, but like kind of some racisty stuff. That was his vice president. And Democrats were all cheering for it at the time. But you see, when a Democrat calls another Democrat a racist, uh, that's just. That's just all in all's fair in politics, right? They don't mean it. When they call a Republican a racist, it's your life should be ruined. Oh, they will absolutely find a way to call Amy Coney Barrett a racist. Amy Coney Barrett, mother of seven, including two adopted children from Haiti, a racist. It's going to happen. Get ready for that. These people have no shame. You have a lot of deeply narcissistic but wildly insecure people who work in the media that are supposed to be bringing the American people the truth and honesty and facts. And what they really do is promote not just themselves, of course, but promote this left wing belief system under the under the guise of objective journalism. And you'll see that in, in ways over the next few weeks that no matter how prepared for it you are, it'll still make you want to spew on your shoes. So just get ready for it. It's going to get ugly, folks. Trump is not going to be able to uh, play this game delicately. You know, this is this is not a three point contest. This is down in the paint, throwing elbows and people might want to put on a mouthpiece. That's the political contest we are in between now and not just November 3rd, but whatever comes after it, because I don't think this election is going to be decided on November 3rd. I think we're going to go into a very dark period for the country of weeks of wrangling and fighting and lawsuits over all these ballots and all this, which Democrats have absolutely planned every step of the way. So I want you all prepared for this. I don't want you surprised as this happens. You know, I'm not always right, but on the big stuff, pretty much always right.